You remember your stories with the kind of detail no one else has. Don't take them with you when you go, share them. I'm Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser. Click follow to hear true stories worth remembering and send me a message if you have a story you'd like to tell. Hello, welcome to One Moment Wiser. This is Christy Bridges, and I have a special guest for us today. You know that this year, I've been talking about stories, my stories and yours. And I have with us a Toastmaster and dear friend who has made me laugh with her stories and impressed me with the authenticity of, of her stories about uh, real life and real feelings. So her name is Shelly Malakote-Stuchman. And if you know her, you might be surprised that I call her a minimalist. But to me, she's a poet who can use very few words with great big impact. And she is a PR genius who can get her foot in the door with a single shoe. And she'll be joining us at the author showcase that's coming to Bixby, Oklahoma, March 14th at Tokyo Garden at 1 p.m. So if you haven't signed up to come to that author showcase with six authors, Shelly is one of them. Shelly, thank you so much. Welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Christy. And it is so awesome to continue to learn new things. I just turned 65 a few weeks ago. And I have done my own videos, but I've never been part of a video podcast led by someone else. So Christy has been very patient in teaching me how to get all of this set up. And it's exciting that today I learned something new. And as Christy said in the introduction that she liked how I can get a foot in the door, that <laughs> comes from many years ago, I was doing a book to business seminar and my part of it was talking about how to market your book and your works and just to get into the door. Well, one of the examples I used was when you're having trouble getting in to talk to somebody, go to garage sales and buy two shoes. They don't even have to fit you. They can be high heels. They can be flip flops. Just so they're clean and don't smell is probably the most important thing. <laughs> take one take one shoe, wrap it up in a box, and take it to that person's office. And with the note put, now that I've got my foot in the door, let's make an appointment to talk. And believe <laughs> it or not, yeah, it may sound corny, but corny actually works with people. It does. <laughs> and forethought, that's something that takes a little planning. And I think people respect it when you give them a laugh. Yeah, and it's marketing that may cost you only 25 cents, which makes it even better. <laughs> well, thank you. That is the first story I ever heard you tell. And I've been hooked on you ever since. I've shared that story with so many people. But well, you, you have a lot of stories. Not only do you do marketing, but you actually uh, went through kind of a tough time in your life when uh, you chose not to isolate yourself, even though maybe that's how you might have been feeling. Can you tell us a little bit about that time? 
Yes, I will. But to start that off, I want to share with you a little bit about poetry. You mentioned I like to write poetry. And I'll never forget how I knew poetry was going to be important in my life. I was 14 years old. And as all 14-year-old girls are, I had fears and I had questions about life and I just really didn't know my direction. And I was at the lake and it was a stormy night and I had my transistor radio sitting beside me and I was sitting on a little dock, my feet dangling in the water, watching the storm and listening to the song Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, which is my favorite song, by the way. I always had my little notebook with me because I always knew I wanted to be a writer. Except that night, I wrote a little poem that dealt with my fears of being 14 years old, and it probably dealt with some boy issues too, which was important at 14. I wish I still had that poem, but I don't. But I remember after I wrote it, I recited it out loud to the wind. And when I felt like I heard my voice in the wind, I knew at that moment that poetry and words had power and poetry would lead me through my life and help me the rest of my life. So I dabbled in poetry on and off. Now you talked about some tough times. When I was 59 years old, I made a poor decision. You know, I had a pretty happy life till then, but, you know, sometimes we all just make a poor decision. Well, that poor decision led to some severe depression. And I had had the little moments of depression on and off before in my life. But, you know, you eat some ice cream or you watch a movie and and it's over. And Mm -hmm. I was always the type that thought, well, just get over it. You know, it's it's crap happened, you go on. But then with this severe depression that came on me, I suddenly understood sometimes you can't just go on. Sometimes it needs some time. Sometimes you need professional help. So what that taught me during that time was a new compassion for understanding people with depression and understanding the disease and that it's a disease that actually physically, besides mentally, hurts. From that, I decided, and you were talking about doing things, I decided to start Lemonade Ladies, which was taking something sour and trying to make it sweet. The reason I started Lemonade Ladies was at that point for my depression, I was in therapy and I asked my therapy, well, are there any groups just for women 40 and over to get together and talk that don't cost anything and, and maybe have some people that are guiding the conversation? And she said, not that I know of. So I started thinking about it and invited a few people over to my house one night and we just visited. And in those people, I had Linda Pope, who was a Methodist minister because I wanted her there in case somebody needed some help beyond which I was able to give. And I had Dina Kemp, who was a psychologist that could help people, had, you know, very, very good training. And that way, if somebody 
needed a lot that night. Somebody broke down. I wouldn't just be at loss. Well, we continue to have these meetings, and we actually decided to have these on the deck of Mona Woodruff. We were all sitting at her house talking about it. So we were basically the core group. Some others started coming. Once a week, we were meeting at my house till finally it kept growing. One night, 50 people showed up. Well, oh I know, yes, I no longer had room at my house because pe women over 40, all of them are saying the same thing. People think we should have it together, but no, we don't. You know, our grown children are causing us problems that we don't know how to handle. Retirement is causing us problems. Our finances aren't where we want them to be. Menopause, you know, the list went on and on and on. I looked for a place and I was going to spend just a tiny bit if I could find a place to rent one night a week. So I went to talk to a doctor and I didn't ask him his permission. So I'm not going to say his name before we were going to do this podcast because I knew he rented a building. And I asked him, could you rent me for $25 so I could use this room of yours one night a week until you rent this building out and then we'll go somewhere else. And he asked me what it was for. And I said, well, it's just going to be a free support group for women over 40. And I told him about how we had a minister and how we had a trained psychologist in it. And he said, well, here's what I want to do. Open your hand. So I opened my hand and he put a set of keys in it. And he said, no charge. This building will be yours as long as you want it. I will provide the janitorial services. I will make sure all the light bulbs are changed. Just go out and do good. Well, that was oh, I just love people like that. Yes. <laughs> so Lemonade Ladies continued to grow and more professionals came to talk to us. Well, we ended up writing the book called Peeling Back the Layers. One night, another minister who had many, many hours of education and counseling named Dan Frisbee came and talked to us how you could write out your depression and your feelings in poetry. So yes. that night, several of us, well, the whole group wrote some poems and funny putting it on paper made them feel better. And we continued to write poetry until we had a book's worth. And I asked everybody who wanted to have their stories and their poetry in a book, would you like to do this? And we'll call it Peeling Back the Layers. So we have lots of poems that are heartfelt in there. We have lots of stories in there about the people. That was a place of depression that I was in when I was writing the poems in that book. Many, many of them are dark. I am no longer in that dark spot, thank goodness, due to things like getting to talk to other women, having, you know, proper counseling. One of the things that you have to do is learning to forgive yourself when you make a mistake. And that sounds pretty easy, Christy, but sometimes that's not an easy thing to do when you know your actions caused pain to other people. Yeah. So that's how Lemonade Ladies started. And it went on for several years until I that was happening in Enid, Oklahoma. And then I moved for job opportunities and moved to another city. So I was unable to continue that in Enid. But while we were there, we also opened called a business called Blooming Rose. And that was a counseling business in which Dina was the counselor. 
-hmm. And we worked very hard at keeping prices very low. We did have to have charge a little bit so we could, um, you know, pay for some of the expenses, some of the supplies we were using. And a very wonderful gentleman was getting some huge oil checks right then. And he came to one of our free meetings, which was using music for therapy. And we would have free meetings and then we would have individual counseling section, sessions that cost. Well, he provided scholarships for many years for a lot of people that had no money to get counseling from Dina. And she did a lot of lots and lots and lots of good. So writing led to opening a business, which none of the business exist any longer. But I don't know. They may open up again somewhere down the line, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Another book I wrote during this time is Unguarded. Unguarded is a journal with questions in it. There are 365 questions. The reason, Christy, I put questions in here is because some people have, you know, a hard time knowing what to write about. So you could take this question and interpret it any way you wanted to, and my goal was you could learn about yourself by these questions. And do you, is it all right if I share a couple with you right now? I would love that. Can you see, show the cover again? Yes. We've just recently been talking about the power of journaling. So I definitely want oh, people okay. to know about this. And Linda Hope designed the cover. I want to give her credit for that. She's so but good. There's two questions side by side. The first one was, what part of your personality do you feel draws people to you? So I started thinking, and I was pretty proud. I feel like I'm a good listener, even though I'm doing all the talking right now. <laughs> and I felt like that was the part of my personality that drew friends to me. But then the next day, the question was, what part of your personality do you feel annoys people? Uh-oh. Well, I thought a moment, and first I thought, well, I don't do anything that annoys people. Well, that wasn't quite true. As I continued to think before I wrote the answer to that question, I realized I am so busy that if a friend calls to have lunch, I have to schedule it maybe two weeks to a month down the road. And that would be a very annoying if you were my friend and you just wanted to have a quick, spontaneous lunch. So what did I learn by these two simple questions in this book, in this journal? I learned to have more flexibility in my life that when people wanted to reach out to you and have a lunch with you or have a cocktail with you, maybe it was important and things didn't have to be quite so scheduled. So all, all through this book, all 366 questions and why it's 366 rather than 365, I don't remember. But it's something you can use over and over. Another interesting thing I learned, one of the questions I asked in there was, remember your favorite childhood candy? Well, mine was a Hershey's candy bar. And I started thinking as I was writing, I used to eat those with abandon and joy and the chocolate would be all over my face. <laughs> or when I get a candy bar, I feel guilty because I know it's not particularly nutritious. I'm going to gain weight. I look at the calories on the back. I try to decide if I'm going to enjoy it. 
And because of my entry in that book, I decided, well, that's nuts. The days I decide I'm going to have a Hershey's chocolate candy bar, I'm just going to enjoy it and put the guilt aside. Ooh, high five to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pause you for a second because you've said some several very wise things. And I want to make sure that our listeners catch because you said those businesses, you know, aren't anymore at the moment, but there is no reason that if you're listening to this, you couldn't connect with some people to start something similar. Um, Shelly, you mentioned a couple of uh, very important things about these types of groups. When you recognize that you you had been doing your own soul searching, you've been going through counseling and uh, helping yourself to come out of the funk, you started to realize that, you know, part of the steps in exiting depression include helping others. When we start to serve others and when we start to just talk to others, we, we heal a little more. We are made to be part of community, even though so often we isolate ourselves. So you took that idea, but you knew it wasn't just you who needed to to be the hostess, who needed to take care of everybody. You knew you needed some professionals to link arms with you so that the people you wanted to serve, the people you wanted to bring along could actually get what they needed out of this. And, you know, so it wasn't just you had more friends to talk to, but you had other people um, who could be helped as you are being helped. And I love that. I I really respect that. And, you know, when you do something well and you do something that actually makes a difference, then people come alongside and they want to give to that. When you bring value and, and you have, you know, passion and forethought in something like that, then people like that doctor go, wait, I want to help with this. People like your oil man go, Hey, I want to be part of this too, because some people don't know how to start or what to do, or they don't have the open schedules to lead something or the personal experience. And, but they are, everybody wants to make an impact somehow. And so I love that you you found those people and gave them the opportunity to be part of this. I just wanna encourage anybody if you're listening um, and you, you have something, it doesn't have to have to do with depression. It can have to do with whatever it is that you've gone through anxiety or trauma or whatever. There are ways that you can form a community with, you know, others who, who actually have the skills and resources to help that community. And I just encourage you to do that. So thank you. (laughs) And oh, the book, the poetry was the whole thing, right? But um, you in this book, and I love the journal idea too, you guys really went through some serious poems. You, you, between the, the various writers that were part of your group who wrote in this book, you discussed rape and divorce and heartache, but also, you know, recovery and self-sufficiency and uh, actually regaining joy. So it, it's really neat that you went, you went deep, but you also came out the other side 
So, which there was also a lady in the book that shared her story with extreme obesity, which I learned so many things that I never even thought about, like how much effort it is to either get off the couch or out of the bed to answer the doorbell when it rings. Most of us just jump up and answer it. But when it's going to involve pulling yourself up, getting on a walker, whatever it is to get to the door, I had never even thought about that aspect of it. One Moment Wiser will be right back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were talking about doing these things. Well, I'm actually doing something what I'm calling just for fun right now. And it's Medicare Jet Setters, which we have a Facebook page called Medicare Jet Setters. Would love for your audience to visit it. My friend Neil Johnson and I were, well, we we hung around and, and did some things and did things people our age. And sometimes people would say, well, I just don't get out anymore because there's no place that I really enjoy. It's too young to go to. I can't hear. I physically can't get in. So we went to BJ's restaurant one time. I met a gentleman off Ancestry.com who said he was my cousin and he said he had a disability. So we decided to meet at BJ's because he said he could not do any stairs and there was a flat way to get in and they had all the types of food you would want. Well, when we walked in, we sat down and our and my cousin that I just met that day off Ancestry.com came in and he had crutches and could barely walk. And the manager of BJ's came and helped him, helped him get settled, put his crutches where they were in a safe spot. Um, when he had to go to the restroom, the manager actually made sure he got there safely and walked with him. And we were so impressed with that. Um, I wrote a little thank you article on Facebook about it. Then there were several other places we went that things that were happening were pretty neat. So we decided, well, we'll start Medicare Jet Center's Facebook page and talk about places that people 55 and older would enjoy. They have to have the criteria of being easy to get into, being interesting. The food has to be excellent. The service has to be good. And one of the most important things for us is the acoustics have to be where as we are older, we can still have a conversation and hear each other. We have really enjoyed going to places. We decide to only do positive reviews, too, because Mm -hmm. we decided, well, if we go to a place or we go to an event and we don't like it, that doesn't mean somebody else isn't going to absolutely love it. And it's not up to us to maybe hurt a business by giving them a negative review when somebody does something positive for the Medicare Jet Setters age group. We well, we want it out there and for people to see, and we want to be worldwide. Um, we most of our things are in Oklahoma City or the Edmond area and even the Enid area. But we have some things in there from Texas and some from other states. There's soon going to be something from Arkansas up there. Hopefully internationally, people can post um, positive reviews up there also for other people to know, hey, this is this is a good place to go to. So that has been very fun. And we have brought back the word groovy 
because if, <laughs> if you are 55 or older, you probably remember using the word groovy a few times. And to us, groovy meant it was absolutely wonderful, or as the younger people would say, the bomb. And I don't even know what the latest <laughs> word is. Snap, maybe? Do you know what the latest I think it's is? snatched. I heard that for the oh, first time snap. the other day. Okay. <laughs> I heard that awesome. too. But anyway, yeah. I would love for you to go to that page and find fun things to do. And I get to do my writing skills through Medicare Jet Setters. You know, we're always learning. And I found out what I really love to write is reviews. And I love to write reviews of the events and the places we go to. So this gives me an outlet. And whether anybody reads them, we're for word or not, or just reads the first few sentences, I had joy in writing it, and hopefully yeah. um, somebody found a new place to go. Our model is get up and go, because we don't just want to sit and, and fade away. We baby boomer generations, we have changed everything, um, so we're probably going to also be changing the way people view getting older and senior citizens. I agree. Okay, so what were your criteria again? Because those were well thought out criteria. Well, our criteria are the place has to be physically easy to get into. And once you get in, which I didn't say earlier, the chairs have to be comfortable. For me, some places, um, if they don't, if chairs don't have good back support, I, I tire out easy. I want to go sit at a bar with a bar stool that has a back or a, or sit in a booth that has a nice comfy back to it. So that's one of the criteria. The other is the acoustics. At this age, yes, we enjoy the music, but we don't want it to be so loud that we can't enjoy the conversation because we have a lot of things to talk about. And yes, I hate to admit one of them is our health that we like to talk about at this age. <laughs> The other is because we all have lived a few years, um, the food, if it's a restaurant, has to be better than average. It has to be good to great to superior. The service, again, has to be good to great to superior. Average will not get them a groovy Medicare Jet Setter rating. Makes sense. I personally uh -huh. like BJ's. I discovered BJ's in Warwick, Rhode Island. And when they opened one in Tulsa this year, I was so excited because of all the healthy options they have. Mm -hmm. Of course, they also have, you know, super fattening options, too. But right. the healthy things like the, the zucchini noodles instead of spaghetti noodles and things are mm -hmm. great. And you had asked me earlier to share my story about key lime pie. Which I want to hear that. Okay, which is part of Medicare chip setters in a way. We mm -hmm. had... Experience Hefner Grill, which is here in Oklahoma City. It's a nice restaurant on Lake Hefner. And I also work in home health and hospice for Epworth at Home. Mm -hmm. So one of our patients, she said, you know, one of the things I would really like would be to have some key lime pie again from Hefner Grill. I said, well, I bet we can make that happen. And but she said, but I'd really like 15 pieces of it and have my 15 friends and family to have share this key lime pie with me. So I thought, okay, we'll see what we can do. I went to Hefner Grill and I asked the manager if I could have a discount because it was about $10 a 
it's a slice with this nice, nice key lime pie they make there. And at 15, that was going to be about $150. And he said, sure, we would love to do it, but there's no discount because it's going to be free. And he said, what years did this lady come into Hefner Grill? So I found out and it was the old key lime pie recipe they used. So they dug that out. And they made the old recipe that she remembered, 15 of them, totally free for us to share for her, for one of her hospice wishes. And I was just, you know, floored at the how wonderful people really are, how wonderful restaurants really are. All you have to do sometimes is ask people and you might be surprised at what they want to do to make this world a better place. Oh, that is beautiful. And you know, in the process, you had to share a little bit about her situation. You had to share a little bit about what you were trying to accomplish. People are touched by stories because mm-hmm. we we go, you know, what if that was me? What if that was someone I cared about? And that that helps people. And I love when when we have a chance to be in the middle of a story like that and then be the hero, be the par- the person who, who comes through with the free old recipe, you know, pie slices. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yes. And Payway also was part of this too. She loved their food. And so they, for a very, very minimal cost, just enough to cover the price of a few of the cooks coming in early to prepare this huge dinner. I mean, it was very minimal. They provided this for this hospice patient too. So she not only had her key lime pie, she said had some of her favorite food from Payway there. And I mean, it was just pennies on the dollar. That sounds fantastic. Boy, if I ever catch a cold, I'm calling you. (laughs) (laughs) And who knows, maybe eventually learning through Medicare Jet Centers and these places we visit and the stories, maybe there will be a book on, you know, restaurants make the world a better place in more than one way. I would love to see that. And, you know, it's it's beautiful that, you know, I tease about if I catch a cold, but, you know, you're helping someone who's in a in a really tough situation and can't just go gallivanting around. So I've I really think that's beautiful. So you have uh, an upcoming review in Arkansas, and you're looking for people who find new places to actually share the places that they love. So that's pretty cool. Yes, and one of the things I'm going to review is Miss Laura's Bordello in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So you'll just have to go to our page to find out why that gets a groovy Medicare Jet Setter review. I am dying of (laughs) curiosity. So that is on Facebook and it's Mm -hmm. facebook.com slash Medicare Jet Setters. Yep. Just type in Medicare, then Jet Setters is spelled J-E-T with a dash setters, S-E-T-T-E-R-S. Fantastic. I'll post that link here as well. Thank you. Shelly, it has been such a pleasure to get to know you. And I'm so glad that you you were here to to share with our listeners just some of the really fun and, and impactful things that you've done. You are coming to Tulsa and I can't wait to hug your neck. And I'm <laughs> so looking Shelley, forward to it too. 
Yeah, so you're going to read a little bit of your poetry yes. in Tulsa um, at our author showcase on March 14th. I'm going to push this image up here. There we go. Author showcase March 14th, and it's 1 to 3 p.m. at the Tokyo Garden that just opened in Bixby, Oklahoma. It's on Memorial and 108th Street. So if you want to come and you want to meet Shelly in person, then make sure that you sign up on the Facebook event page because there are not a lot of seats and we want to make sure that you get yours. Feel free to bring a guest, but make sure you sign up first. All right. We will see you later. Thank you so much, Shelly. And thank you all for listening to One Moment Wiser. Thank you. you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out OneMomentWiser.com for books, blogs, and two-minute devotional videos, which will help you live wisely in every aspect of life. See you next time on One Moment Wiser.